Hey, yo, welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Today, you'll hear from Daniel or Danny Tepper, he, him, who we first met through our current work program, HFL. You'll hear him talking a little bit today about the fear of eating alone in restaurants, San Diego to UK, cultural differences between the two, cricket, potential places to live post-program, close friends, allergies, ready your own scripture in life, and needing physical activity. Hope you enjoy. You're streaming live now. No. no. I'm, I'm Kat the dog. It's literally just going to be an edited version of the audio. <laughs> you have public speaking fears? Nah, a little bit, but yeah, I definitely that. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Especially live in person. I'm always like, where do I put my hands? Live and in person. How's your day been? What are you up to today? Yeah, good. I was in the office today, just working. It was fairly productive. Project selection going on, so I did a lot of that. Yeah. Yesterday, but overall, it's been good. Just had dinner. So That's cool. I'm yeah, did what you about cook? you? I cooked yesterday. It was like leftovers, so I didn't have to cook tonight. Are you okay eating <laughs> the same stuff a few days in a row? Oh, yeah, bro. I'm all about that. The you can eat the same crap. thing for the week. No, I don't do the full meal prep. I get three or four meals and that'll last me like five days. So I'll have dinner and then lunch tomorrow and then maybe the dinner the next day or maybe like dinner and two lunches. Damn. about that? That's yeah. good. That's a money saver and time saver, dude. I respect the discipline. It's big, bro. Yeah, I like barely eat out, which is, I like eating out when I'm with people. Like I actually do really like eating out, but it's like when I'm by myself, I'm like, well, I just more cook and just eat healthy and I feel like I eat a lot too so it's cheaper for me to yeah. cook and to Agreed. Uh, eat out all the time. Agreed. Are there certain things that you don't like doing on your own but you like doing in a group? For example, eating out, what else? Oh dude, a ton of things. One of my biggest fears is eating alone. Really? Yeah. It's and, so peaceful, uh, dude. People say that and I think as I come into Age. my own, I blossom into a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> I'll be able to eat alone at a restaurant. That's the end goal. But yeah. I've done it a few times. But I went to this really good Korean restaurant in London called Dai Bak. And it's the best Korean food in London. Maybe the best restaurant in London, dare I say. But I was Big in thing. London. I was wandering by myself. And I'm like, you know what? Let me have an early dinner, solo dinner, treat myself. Yeah. So I went in and I ordered the kimchi pancake, which I hadn't had before, which is gas. And I always got to get that Korean fried chicken, which is unreal. Yeah. Uh, and I had a, an Asahi beer and I just sat there on my ones, had a terrific early dinner. It was chill. Like I thought it was going to be weird, but yeah. honestly, when you're in like a casual sit down restaurant, I'm cool with it. But yeah, eating alone always scared me when I was traveling Europe, backpacking after my study abroad, man, dude, eating alone, <laughs> that shit's tough. That was a, the scariest thing. Like, yeah. I feel like. For me, it hits harder when I'm eating alone at home with something shitty that I cook. That feels way worse than just being at a restaurant alone and observing others. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing that I feel people are just like judging you. Oh, you came to a restaurant alone. Like you're freaking sad and lonely. <laughs> but it's weird because like you're in your head about it, but really no one even cares. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I see eating alone, I'm like, dude, more power to you. I can do that. <laughs> maybe i just need to change my frame of mind yeah it's the same with a lot of things people really aren't observing you that hard or even if they are judging who cares or strangers anyway 
I feel like the worst yeah. part about eating alone at a restaurant is that you just can't share things with other people. So you have to order less. So it's less Ooh. variety. So what's your tactic? Do you like bring a book? Do you play your phone? Do you bring a notebook to act like you're a professional food reviewer? I guess if I have to think back to like when I'm eating alone, it's probably when I'm in a new location, right? I just do a lot of observing and I eat so quickly anyway. It's not like I'm trying to pass hours of time in the restaurant. So I don't do much. I don't know. Instead of talking with the person you're with, I'm just looking at other people. Yeah, no, fair enough. No, it's chill. Mindful eating too. You're in the present. And you're enjoying the food. Yeah. And enjoying the food. So I respect that. You're just savoring the senses more. For people who don't know who Danny is, how did you get from San Diego to the UK? Wow, that is a loaded question, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was born in San Diego, raised there, lived there for my entire childhood, my entire upbringing, and then left to go to university at a college called Cal Poly San Luis Obispo on the central coast of California. Wonderful university, studied mechanical engineering there. Had a terrific time, graduated in the peak of COVID in 2020, came out, job market was tough, went back to San Diego and worked a engineering job in HVAC, which was cool experience and cool to make money, but wasn't exactly my passion. And so... I knew I wanted to work in the medical industry and do some biomedical engineering type stuff. So I decided to do a master's. When I was thinking about where to go to do my master's, I'm like, what a great opportunity to go abroad and experience another culture again. Because I did a, I did that six-month abroad thing in Munich when I was at Cal Poly. So I found a university in London called Imperial College and it had the exact course I wanted and I applied and I was like hey we'll see what happens I get in if I don't we'll go from there and I got in and so that was my first stint in England and so I lived in London for a year which was super cool very different from anywhere I lived very different from my undergrad university experience because San Luis Obispo is like a small town very heavily focused on like campus and American college life which is cool but moving to a giant cosmopolitan international city like London, super different and super cool. And that was a good experience. So I was there for a year. And then after that, shortly I met Shannon through the Home of Future Leaders program. As tough that <laughs> for me, that is to say, <laughs> I met her on the HFL program. And everyone probably knows a ton about this because they know all about you. But yeah, so I did my first rotation started working. I did my first rotation in North Carolina and my second rotation, which I'm in right now is in Oxford, England, which is my second stint back in England. Cause I loved it so much that I had to come back, but yeah, no, I'm having a great time over here and it's cool meeting new people. And we're actually just like working in a new cultural environment and being around some old friends and new friends. And yeah, it's been good. So that's how, I'm, that's how I ended up back in England. Yay! Okay, many questions, but starting with this, how would you yeah. describe UK culture versus San Diego or US if you want to go broader? Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's another loaded question. <laughs> I'll go San Diego culture because that's what I know yeah. most about because American culture is so different wherever you are. Like where you grew up in Michigan is going to be so different from Southern California and then from where I lived in North Carolina. But I found UK culture to be, I've lived 
lives in the south of England. And I think it's different geographically where you are. So living in London was way different than San Diego. I think it's way more international, way more fast paced. The stereotype is that when you're in like London or, or English people in general might be a bit cold, which, you know, I guess was true in some areas of just being in London. I think that's true with any city, to be honest, any big city like that. But generally I find English people and British people to be super open and super cool and just really funny. They have a funny, hilarious type of humor. And yeah, but I think San Diego is just a bit chilled, very laid back, a little slower pace of life, maybe. And just the hobbies and stuff are different compared to what I did in San Diego to when I lived in or since living in England. Like I did a lot of like longboarding slash skateboarding back in San Diego. I did some like climbing and a little bit of surfing and a lot of water sports and just going to the beach and just a lot of like outdoors, like outdoor activities because the weather's so good all the time. But I found in England, you can't always do that stuff. But so people's hobbies are different. I think the drinking culture over here is known across the world and that's warranted. But it's cool. Like, I really like pub culture. I think it's a nice place. It's a nice, like, it's ingrained, I feel like, in English culture and not in a bad way, like how people might perceive drinking to be, especially in the US when they, I think there's a big focus on binge drinking culture, especially when I was in college. But I hear, think here it's a lot more chill. A pub is a place to gather with your friends and go after work or after university and just chill have a pint and get to know people better i know a lot of english people have said like they literally grew up in the pub like their parents would go to the pub and they would just sit there and chat and it's like kind of a family atmosphere it was a normal thing to go there because there's food and it's not just a bar right yeah okay so and you said different hobbies as a baseball lover how would you describe Mm -hmm. cricket compared to baseball and the atmosphere in there because thinking about family atmosphere is Baseball stadiums in the U.S. is pretty family-like, to me at least, compared to many other sports. So is that the same way with cricket? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, I've been getting into cricket recently, which has been fun. I played a little cricket, like backyard cricket a bit ago last week. And I've been watching the big tournament here, which is the Ashes, and that's Australia versus England. And I went to a T20 match, which is a version of cricket where there's 20 overs. And every over is six bowls and a bowl is like equivalent to a pitch. I know I say I'm like a cricket expert now, but I'm really not. I'm getting a hang of it and I know more baseball, but it's really cool now and it's exciting. So I went there with a few friends a few weekends ago to watch cricket and it's cool. If you don't know what it looks like, it's a big like circular field because in the U.S. it's a diamond, I guess, or a triangle, right? But this is a big field and the bowler or pitcher pitches to the batter and he can hit it in any direction. In the U.S., you can only hit it within whatever that is, like 60 degrees or 90 degrees, whatever that area is between the foul poles. But in the cricket, you can hit it anywhere. You can hit it behind, hit it to the side, you can hit it in front of you. And basically, you get runs by running back and forth from the, oh, I don't know what the name is, but the lines, which are near the wickets, and that's the three stumps behind you. So it's similar. It's pretty easy to pick up. There's definitely a lot of intricacies to it, like baseball. But yeah, no, it's cool. The atmosphere is great. I think it is definitely a family atmosphere. It's a very, it's a thing to go to the cricket because sometimes it's all day 
or if it's in a different match, maybe a different style, it's maybe a few hours and then you just drink a bunch of beers as per usual and watch some people hit some balls and it's really fun. But one thing I found different was when I go to baseball games and I'm in the outfield sometimes, people will chirp the outfielder, like maybe say something like, I don't know, whatever your shoes untied or just get in their head, stuff like that. So we were sitting near one of their outfielders and I was yelling some outlandish things <laughs> and chirping a little bit, but my friend was pulling back there. Whoa, 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 you can't do that. This is a sophisticated sport. So I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. So I embarrassed myself a little bit, but other than that, it's pretty similar. And now it's exciting. It's a cool sport. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think there's other parts about British culture that's more sophisticated or posh or chic, however you want to describe it? Not necessarily. I think there's a posh and there's posh people and people who are maybe a little bit more pretentious in, in every culture, even American culture too. But I haven't really found it to be like that. I definitely can see how there's some classism maybe still ingrained in British culture, maybe more than I see in the U.S. But again, that's my take on my in my experience here. So I don't want to like speak for everybody, but I can definitely see that a little bit. But yeah, no, for the most part, nothing too outlandish. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, cool. And I think I texted you this earlier today, but you said you maybe want to live in San Diego in the longer term in the future. Are there other places that come to mind for you? Post-HFL, they like in the 40s type vibe. Oh, like 40s. Potentially I have a family and settle down and I'm well into my career. That, Something like that. So that do be the dream for some of us. I don't even know what I'm eating for dinner. Come on. Okay, no, maybe just next year. Dude, honestly, anywhere. I love San Diego. My A lot of my family's there and it's a beautiful part of the world. And I recommend anyone who has a fandom to go. And if you have been, then you definitely have gone multiple times. But yeah, no, it's terrific. And I could definitely see myself there long-term. Whether it works out like that, I'm not entirely sure because I'm open to anything and experiences. And I think that's the great part of HFL program too, is just experiencing new places. So although I feel I'm pretty well-traveled and I've seen a fair amount of places in the world, there's still a ton more places to see and a ton of different people to meet and a ton of different cultures to experience that I might find another place better that I want to be for a bit. But I think it's hard. It's going to be hard to beat somewhere like San Diego just because the weather's terrific. The people are nice and there's so many things to do. The food's unreal. So yeah, I could definitely see myself in San Diego long-term, but I'll never rule anything out. You know what I mean? Like I could see myself ending up anywhere post-HFL for sure. Yeah, I could live anywhere for a few years and definitely want to see more parts of the world and parts of the U.S. Yeah. That's cool. So you said food, weather, and people. Are those your top three requirements in the future place? Ooh, yeah, definitely food. I want a, like a place that has a diverse amount of food yeah. in different places or different types of cuisines and stuff like that. So I think that's my favorite thing to do like when traveling is just try weird stuff and try the local cuisine. So I definitely a bunch of different types of cuisines and different types of foods. But people definitely have to be friendly and I have to feel a sense of belonging as well, which maybe I haven't gotten in every place I've lived or been. And 
yeah i mean if the weather's good it's a plus seasons are cool like i do enjoy them and yeah i think maybe it's more location rather than weather because if i'm able to be near an ocean that's huge but i also like being able to go to the mountains and ski because that's like my favorite thing to do if i'm able to have that option and san diego has that proximity of ocean right next to you the mountain a few hours away the desert a few hours away being able to go to get to nature stuff like that in an accessible way is also another factor stuff dog so it seems like you have friends at different places as well who do you think are some of your closest friends how do you think that'll change yeah so i think my closest friends right now are the friends i met in college and during my undergrad at cal poly definitely like my best friends i met there we just had I don't know. We just, I lived with the same few people every year and I just met people through other people. So my whole like friend group at Cal Poly was actually locals in the area. So one of my friends, Keelan, grew up on the central coast and I met him through Cal Poly and through him, I met a ton of other friends that he went to high school with. A few of them also went to Cal Poly, a few of them are local. And so I wiggled my way into that friend group, uh, maybe <laughs> sophomore year of college. And now they're all like my best friends and they're like my core support group. And I talk to them like almost daily and and weekly. And they came to visit me in North Carolina, which was super cool when I was there for six months. And a couple of them came to visit me in England when I lived in London a year ago. Just tight-knit group and we just always plan things together and do fun things. And they're always, they've been there for me through the ups and the downs. So that's my core friend group. And I definitely miss them because I'm the one that's, out and about traveling, yeah. going new places, always leaving. They're like, Hey, when are you coming back? I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. And they're, they're supportive of that too, which is cool. And it's not just, Oh, Daniel left. He went somewhere else to move on and do other things. They're like, no, it's super cool that you're doing that. Keep doing that. We'll come visit you come back when you can. And it's great. No, they're great friends. And I'm glad to have them in my life. hundred percent. Met a couple of my other best friends when I was studying abroad in Munich. So I did a lot of traveling with a couple of people, Nick and Sammy. There, I'm really close with them, and I've seen I speak to them quite often. Nick's down in Argentina working at a lithium mine. It's crazy, and he travels all the time. He was actually just in like Sao Paulo actually a few weeks ago. So, yo, he got a goop at us. <laughs> I know, but yeah. So shout out Nick awesome guy and yeah honestly i think i'm really close with you guys as hfls i think we've bonded a lot and been through a lot going through this crazy program so i'm definitely close with a lot of you guys and yeah i'll just shout out my friends keelan other keelan two keelans joe bobby hunter danny nick sammy Haley, my cousin who you met who i'm really close with who else am i missing I'm probably missing some people, but whatever. They know who You're going to make us cry on this podcast. <laughs> also, random memory that came up. There was this guy that was walking around. I was just out on the streets. And I was like, he looks so damn familiar. But I couldn't think about where I knew this guy and why he looked mm-hmm. familiar to me. And so the moment passed. But I realized later he was the exact copy of Haley's boyfriend. Same way that they walked, same face, same body. Uh, like, no way he was in Sao Paulo recently, was he? 
No, I don't think so. I should ask though. <laughs> Literally no. just found a doppelganger in the world. But it was That's too funny. late for me to act on it. I was going to walk up and say something, but I couldn't even think about where to begin the conversation because I had no idea where I recognized that face from, but it was him. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Doppelgangers are interesting. Right? I think I have a lot of times where I'm maybe walking in the street and I like recognize someone or I recognize someone. Where do I know that person from? And you just like, it fades away. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like maybe that happens with famous people. Maybe I've seen a lot more famous people than I think, but I just couldn't put a face to a name. Yeah, and it's those connections where it's like my friend's cousin's boyfriend, which is too far away for me to think about in that moment. But yeah. Yeah. that's yeah that's funny i don't think he was in sao paulo he was that's a rogue one but i'll double check that would be crazy <laughs> would you describe yourself as a group organizer is that different now than back in college because for example i think you were a big part in making miami happen normally mm. i describe myself as a group organizer but among eight defels i feel like i take a back seat more so how do you think that's different for you among hfls and then you in the past too yeah, I think I am a group organizer. And for the most part of my life, I think I have been. I think what's changed recently is that I start to value experiences with people I really care about and people that I enjoy being around. And so going to Miami for one, seeing all you guys, after we had such a great time in module in November, I just wanted to hang out with you guys again and get to know you better. Since, and we're going to be together for the next two years, at least probably longer. So I was like, let's just make it happen. And someone's got to do it. That's what I say. Like, <laughs> I say it too much, but like someone's got to do it. And if it's not going to be me, then who? So I take that into my own hands. And I feel like the same thing with Sedona. That thing was never going to get out of group chat unless someone did something. So I'm like, I'm going to just do it. And I think everyone has their niche. I'll take the driver's seat when it comes to planning fun things. And then people can take the driver's seat when it comes to other things. But yeah, I think I do the same thing with my friend group back home. I'm always trying to plan stuff and do things. So yeah, sometimes it's hard and it doesn't make it out. Everybody's got their own lives, but I try to make much as an effort as I can to make it happen when it's feasible. I like it. Okay, go ahead, Metallic. Something funny, something fun. Do you want to do a quick lightning round? We can expand from there. <laughs> okay, go. When are you going to cut your mullet? When am I going to cut my mullet? Cut it a, into a mullet? This was a fan request question. Fan request? Who's a fan? Guess. <laughs> Oof. Who would feel passionate about your mullet? Who would feel passionate about my mullet? I feel like no. Well, I don't know if I want to say. We'll take it off the record. <laughs> okay. Off the record. What was the inspiration for growing it up in the first place? I've just had the same hairstyle for so long and I haven't grown my hair out since maybe 2019 and okay. 2018, maybe 2019. I'm just like, I don't know, I'm into the long hair vibe now for a little bit and see how long it grows and just let it flow for a bit. So just to change it up. Yeah, um, maybe you didn't I'll grow it out it. during the pandemic or anything? Honestly, no, because I had really long hair up until April of 2019. And so... By that time, it was eight months, 10 months that I had long hair. And I was like, I don't need to grow it out again. Like, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't really, my mental state wasn't ready for, it wasn't calling <laughs> to me. It wasn't calling to me like it is right now for some reason. Fair enough. Did you spend the yeah. in San Diego, by the way? Were you home? 
I spent the first part of it, like the summer of it in San Luis Obispo after I graduated, just hanging out with my friends. And then eventually I had to come back to the real world in San Diego and get a job. So most of 2021 in San Diego under the pandemic. And then when it started to lift, I left for London in September of 2021. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And you have a younger brother, right? Yeah, I have a younger brother. You're definitely older sister vibe. Dude, why do people say that? I don't know. It's just a sense. You don't see it in yourself? I don't think I see it in myself. Because I don't know what it's like to have an older sister. So I'd like to know. I don't know either. Okay. (laughs) I think I just associate guys who are more considerate as having an older sister for some reason. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'll take it now. So, that sounds like a compliment. Yeah, that's not a bad thing for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How old is your brother? How do you think your relationship with him has evolved? Yeah, he's 21. Just finished his third year at San Diego State University. Let's go Aztecs. Studying film. Super cool. Yeah, how our relationship has evolved. We always had fun as kids messing around and making videos and stuff like that, which I think is why he got into film. And we were three and a half years apart. So like we were never in the same school and we never, we weren't that close in age to have the same friend group or anything. So that probably made us as kids, maybe not so close on a friend level. I was in high school, time I was graduating high school, he was still in junior high. And so it was just like different. That age gap is so big as a kid when you're growing up, but we always had fun on family vacations and stuff like that. I think when I left for college and then especially once I graduated and lived in England and we were apart, I think we got both matured a bit in our own way and maybe grew a bit closer and maybe not argued as much when we'd, when we'd see each other and mess around with each other. I feel as an older brother, I was probably hard on him growing up maybe because I just, I, I don't know, me as a person, I expect the best out of myself and I push myself to that, to the this extent to my limits and so I wanted him to do the same thing but maybe his personality isn't exactly the way mine is and his interests are just different but I think as an older brother you just want your brother to be so much like you or do you feel you have this or I felt like maybe I had this knowledge of being an older brother and going through this that like I could help him along the path and not make the same mistakes I did and be be set up better for the future but as I've gotten older, I feel like I say we're just two different people with different interests and different personalities and different ambitions. And I've come to accept that more as I've gotten older. And I think we can have we have more real conversations whenever we're in person with each other, even though it's not that much these days, because I'm just traveling all the time and I honestly don't see my family a whole lot, maybe as much as I should or would like to. So just around the holidays and it's hard. And he's just so busy with school and he's got his own life going on and his own issues and his own fun things and his own friends and stuff like that. Maybe we don't talk as much as we should, as siblings should, but I think we have a good relationship and I think it's just going to get better as we get older and as we mature more. I think some of our real roots of who we are are going to start to merge together. But yeah. Great response. Pass the interview. Let's go. He's going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, this guy. Okay. 
Back to some lightning round ones. What is yeah. one thing you wish everyone knew? One thing I wish everyone knew. That's a good one. I'm going to interpret that in a different way. I wish everybody knew every language in the world. I is wish, that what you wish for yourself? Yeah, definitely. That would be a great skill. I would love to know so many more languages. Like, I only speak English, but I speak a little bit of Mandarin, not to the level. I think we should have just done this whole podcast in Mandarin <laughs> so I could get an hour free of lessons from you and just sound <laughs> a complete idiot. But... <laughs> God damn, it's definitely the reverse. I was going to ask you about yeah. your ties to Taiwan and Mandarin, and are you trying to learn other languages? Then yeah, you guys come to Cardios in Brazil, mate, I'm telling you. I know. Maybe I should look into it. Honestly, but yeah, you should. You didn't even put your wild. name for the project called. It's wild in Brazil, isn't it? It's something else. I don't know if I'm even built for that anymore. What part of it do you think is the most scary or different? Just the the fear that I'm like not gonna make any friends and just be lonely in a place that I don't know anyone know the language know the culture or like anything like that and I feel like you're such an outgoing personal human being who just puts themselves out there even more than I did in my prime or something you know what I mean like you you are built to thrive in that environment and I have so much props for you as a human being to do that maybe I just don't have enough confidence in my abilities because I've just been blessed living in English speaking com- English speaking countries for the past life. But yeah, maybe it's something I should challenge myself to do. Yeah. So I'll look into it. It looks like you're having a terrific time. And I think it's just yeah, what would your advice be then to someone who goes to cardios to have a good time <laughs> in Brazil? My advice is that you have to be okay with more alone time, including eating at restaurants alone. You can try that here. Yeah. But no, really. I-, I think I can even eat at restaurants alone. Shannon, how do you expect me to be in Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> you can try that a couple times there and then experience it here. But no, tap it. I think lifestyle here is wonderful. The environment here is yeah. very pleasant. Brazilians are super open if you're embracing it. So I think it's the perfect place to practice putting yourself out there, learning language as well. Because there's a mm. Portuguese teacher here on site that literally gives you free lessons three times a week. Plus, everyone else around here, if you just start a conversation, they're happy to chat with you. So I think cultural immersion, everyone's super sociable, grabbing beers all the time after work, et cetera. I think it's one of the easiest places to adapt to, honestly. It feels like you're coming back to a community and they're looking out for you. And there's a lot of young people here as well. So that's unique to Homa. Yeah. What are three things that you can't live without besides the necessities? What are three things I can't live without? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is a tough one. Can I do my friends and family for one? Yeah, that can be two. That's two, okay. Yeah, I'll say my friends. It's all the people I've met, including new friends like you guys and old friends. I think (laughs) being tied to people and love being around people and, and just speaking the people getting different perspective and just having that support system is really big for me. So even though sometimes HFL can get kind of lonely and being out here by yourself, but I still have the opportunity to speak with them through FaceTime and all that stuff. So that's something that's definitely helped me 
as someone who's lived in other parts of the world and other places where I don't know anybody, it's been a huge support. My family also as well, just in terms of what they've allowed me to do and given me the opportunity to do all this. I wouldn't be here without my mom and dad, grandparents, even my brother. I'm like so privileged that they've put me in a position where I can do these things and they support me to do these things. So them as well. And they give me like very good advice on what I should do and just let me live my life without being super involved on a day-to-day basis, but are there for me whenever I need them. And the last thing, man, what is one more thing I can't live without? I don't know. What are some other people said? Get my brains to flow in. Sometimes people say like a comfort object, water bottle, bathroom, okay, well, a day. <laughs> I got one. Peanut butter. 100%. If I did not have American Skippy sugary peanut butter, I'd be going crazy. When I lived in Germany, when I've been in the UK, like I have to import this stuff. Like I gotta bring it with me. Cause like I absolutely love peanut butter. I put it in my oatmeal, I put it on toast, I just eat it raw on a banana, like on a spoon. Yeah. And oh my god, I love peanut butter. PB and J's bring me right back to home. American peanut butter, I absolutely cannot live without. If I was stranded on the deserted island and I had to only eat one thing, bro, I'm bringing a big jar of Skippy. Industrial size, baby. That's a pretty clever move, too, for survival. Yo, it's highly nutritious. It's not that bad for you. It's delicious. It's calorie dense. Come on. (laughs) The texture is amazing. You can spread it on things. You can just eat it straight. You could even make it, put it in like a smoothie. Come on, peanut butter. That's God's work right there. You've convinced me. And holy crap, it's getting dark in your room. Or maybe it's... <laughs> I know, do I look like a freaking ghost? You're <laughs> sinking into the background more and more as the call goes on. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Dude, another plug for Brazil, though. Carnival is happening in February, so you would be here for that, which is insane. Oh, you're right, bro. Carnival's crazy. Nola. Mardi Gras. Yeah, I want to do that. I would love to go. I think the next three cities in the U.S. I want to go to are New Orleans, Austin, and San Diego. Bro, you haven't been to San Diego. I you haven't been to San Diego. Dude, I'm honestly more well-traveled outside of the U.S. than within the U.S. Nola is sick. Honestly, New Orleans is one of my favorite places. One of my favorite places in the U.S. right next to San Diego. We should 100% go. That's amazing awesome just a nice blow in your nose yeah yeah i got the worst allergies that's why i sound so congested (laughs) really is it like a springtime thing in the u.s i guess it's summer there now though no it's been horrible in all england in the summer dude i've had this for maybe for a month straight bro brutal are you taking allergy meds or visit doctor or anything I'm taking allergy meds and it makes it a little bit better, but doesn't completely get rid of it. That's brutal. But you can sleep at night, all right? Or it's No, I can sleep at right at night. When I was up in Northumberland, it was so bad. Like I was like, <laughs> I feel like I can breathe a little bit more through my nose, but like otherwise it's so oh, brutal. Yeah. Are you into swimming by any chance? Maybe the chlorine will open up the airways. Cause sometimes it does that for me. Really? Yeah, I don't normally feel that stuff, but after swimming, I'm like, oh, I feel so much more cleared up. <laughs> I'm probably just blowing snot into the pool. No, I haven't actually. I haven't tried that, but maybe try. It's good in the weather anyway, no? Hot enough to swim outside. Yeah, but I don't know if any pools. 
we'll have to find some pools somewhere. Fair enough. Maybe that would make you breathing worse. Like you already can't breathe. Maybe it's not a good idea to put yourself underwater. Yeah. Nah, I'll try it. Maybe it works. Okay. Let me know. Any content recommendations of any form? You watch anything or read or listen? Content recommendations. I haven't read in a long time. When I was in the pandemic, going through, you know how the pandemic does a number on people. It did a number <laughs> on me. I read 10 books in that year. Really in San Diego, living at my parents' house, just locked down, reading books, getting into my self-improvement phase. So I guess in terms of books, I want to start reading some more and I will here in a bit once I finish my book, but I've really enjoyed autobiographies and books on psychology. I think it's just so different from what I studied and what I'm doing in my daily life. It's cool. I really recommend Matthew McConaughey's autobiography called Green Lights. Super cool about his life, about his travels, some random scribblings and journalings from him and some poetry. And I think he's just, I don't really follow like actors and famous people that much, but I think he's got some good insights just from a human being perspective. And he's done a lot of traveling in his days. So I really recommend that one. It's super interesting. I recommend this book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Have you heard of that one? I think I have, but I haven't read it. Yeah. So basically he's like an ex-Navy SEAL, an insane endurance athlete, held like the record for most pull-ups not in 24 hours. But it's all about a mindset and pushing yourself to your limits and building not only body, but mind that can endure changes and being okay with being uncomfortable and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed his book on that. With all these things though, like it's, you got to take everything not at face value, more so take in what people are saying, but then make your own assumptions and own perspective on it. Because of course, like he's the most gnarly athlete ever and ran a hundred miles in 24 hours or like whatever he was doing. And he held the record for the most pull-ups in 24 hours. So yeah, he's just like a crazy athlete. He's done insane challenges running a hundred miles straight and just these incredible athletic feats that just built on destruction of your body. But he talks about his main message is like callousing your body and your mind to be able to take on these challenges and these uncomfortable situations and I found it just really interesting from a different perspective and making sure that for me, like I put myself in so many uncomfortable situations and like physically, mentally, just like how to go about my life. So it was really interesting to hear like his perspective on that stuff. But what I was also saying is that you got to also take all these things that people say with a grain of salt because you can't just live your life following one person's scripture you know what i mean like you have to take it digest it and then apply it as you see fit in your life i don't think it's necessarily healthy to just be an insane endurance athlete and only be focused on that because there's other ways that you need to have fun in your life and you need to like be able to maintain relationships and stuff like that and those things i don't necessarily think he did but he achieves incredible feats so i think it's just a balance to everything but I do really like reading people's autobiographies and memoirs. I think they're super insightful. So I recommend those. And in terms of shows and stuff, I finished Ted Lasso, which I absolutely love. That was good. Everyone's seen that. I'm trying to think of some niche things that I would recommend. Oh, Freaks and Geeks, one of my all-time favorite shows. 
I don't know if people, sometimes people have heard of it. Some people haven't. It's kind of niche, but it's a coming of age show. And there's only one season. And it was like filmed in 1999. And it's like literally maybe one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. Like the characters are so great. There's all these like famous actors before they became famous. It's like James Franco as like a teenager, Seth Rogen, like Linda Cardinelli. There's a lot of people from random bits and bobs of shows, like Ben Stiller's in an episode randomly. Yeah, no, it's just a really cool coming of age, like feel good show. It's well done. You really connect with the characters. Yeah. What else? I think those are the ones that come on the top of my head. Yeah, maybe I haven't watched that much stuff recently. That's dope. I'm a big fan. Barbie movie on Thursday. You watching it? No, if someone invites me to it, I'll go, but I'm not going to go on my own. I'll do mostly on my own. Yeah, I will do mostly on my own, but not the Barbie movie. Okay, walk the water. And Portuguese, too, specifically. I'd watch the Barbie movie alone. That'd be the one thing I would do alone, watch the Barbie movie. I can't wait for that Be Real. Yeah, the Be Real, the Barbie movie. My solo date. Barbie movie, let's go. I don't know, Margot Robbie, man. She's a stunner. (laughs) God damn. Uh, I want to see you in the yeah. brightest pink outfit you have. The brightest pink outfit. I'm going to have to go buy something. I don't know if yeah. I want to see pink. I do have a pink shirt I wear to work, though. Like a pink Oxford shirt. You have one that you normally wear? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a salmon pink. I know Beamer's pink one. I don't know if I can envision yours right now. Oh, yeah. Beamer loves that pink one. Yeah. Do you no, like yeah. existing in the dark on your own after work? Is this normal? Not really. My overhead light is so jarring and bright that it's nice just having a little nightlight. And it honestly looks darker than it is. It's still light outside. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Oh, damn. That looks like a nice view, dude. Yeah, bro. It's nice. That looks like a portrait. That's really? beautiful. Cool. Take a screenshot. Do you do a lot of self-reflecting before you go to sleep or you just hit the bed and you're knocked out? Not really. I know a lot of people do journaling and stuff like that. I don't really do much of that. I go to the gym. I get back at 7.30. I have to make dinner. And then I maybe watch a little bit of YouTube or watch some Netflix or something and then stretch for a bit. Dude, I do think you have such a good gym routine. Has that always been a thing? Since a little bit before COVID? Yeah, so you're going a lot. I've always gone since I've been 19, but I didn't really get into it and start really focusing and know what I was doing until maybe I was 21. So for the past two years, I've been on a really good grind. I've been doing it a few days a week on a normal basis when I'm out traveling and stuff like that. It's an addiction, but I think it's a healthy addiction. And it's not so bad where I feel like crap when I don't go, like... I do. I need to get some sort of exercise every day, every other day, like even when I'm traveling and doing stuff. But as long as my mind is occupied, I can't just sit and work all day and then go home and go to sleep. I need some sort of physical activity. I think it helps me with my mental health and obviously my physical health. I think working out for me has done more for my mental health than maybe it has done for me physically, Mm. honestly. Like, It just put me in such a good routine, made me focus on discipline and 
just makes you feel better. You know, you get like an endorphin release. And, it, and if, you, if you see yourself improve and whether you're doing cardio or whether you're doing weights, running faster, rowing faster, or lifting more, like there's goals to hit and ways to improve too. I know a lot of people, some of my friends really don't like the gym and they'll just go because it's healthy yeah. or they won't go. And so I think you don't have to go to the gym or work out, but I think some sort of physical activity is super helpful for like your mental health. Even if it starts with just like a walk, if it starts with walking for 10 minutes during the day or during your lunch break or something like that, because then that just creates a snowball effect. And then you'll just have a themed for that physical activity high. I don't know. But yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot, honestly. It doesn't feel like a chore to me. It feels more of a hobby, which sounds kind of lame, but it's just part of my routine now. It's not lame at all. It's definitely healthy. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. So cool. anything else you want to chat about? This has been lovely. Thanks for enduring my questioning. No, thanks. Hopefully it was good. I felt like it might have been boring, but whatever. <laughs> oh, we don't even need to post it, anywho. I already had fun anyway, and I'll send you the edited link for you to review. And even cool. if you don't like it, it's at least a time capsule of what Danny it is was uh, in July yeah, 2023. Uh, yeah. No, uh, nothing else to really say. I think my message to everyone and myself and my future self is just keep experiencing life, keep doing things. And just have fun because at the end of the day, you're going to look back and you're not going to regret anything you did, but I think I would regret things I didn't do. So mm. I just love doing as many things as I can as possible and saying yes to as many opportunities as I can. And so far, I've been doing okay and hopefully it keeps going like that. <laughs> Yay, mic dropped. Nice ending. Mm. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me and so, hearing my life story. Wonderful. Can do this again at some point too. And I'm sure I'll be seeing your face more on these product calls. So actually, I don't even know how yeah. much overlap we have. Maybe the China oh, one. Wow. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And that's a wrap for now. Danny, everyone. See you on the next episode of Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things.